0: Uh, you have my permission to use my dead body however you see fit. There, there you go. Uh,
1: hey. Yeah. That sounded more wrong
0: than it. Well, yeah, I mean, don't fucking Carl Tensler me and put me in the When fucking... rigor mortis
1: sets in, Ant, there's an opportune moment.
0: For the most I've had ever. Uh, anyway. Uh... <laughs> On that bombshell, Oh no, we've not started yet. Wow, okay, we started yet,
1: so how about not doing the outro just yet?
0: Right, um, you ready? Remember
1: what we used to say? He's a rungan? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah. Wrong. Yeah. Anyway, right. You ready? Hello and welcome all into the M.O. podcast. As always, you're here with me, Contumacious Ant.
1: And me, Andrea.
0: And today we are going to be talking about the mysterious disappearance of the Sodder Children.
1: Ah.
0: Now, this is a...
1: Rabbit hole.
0: One. Yeah, a yeah. rabbit hole. It is, it is. Now... On Christmas Eve 1945, a fire broke out in Fayetteville, West Virginia. Now, when the flames were eventually doused, and they were eventually doused, the Sodder family would have lost five of their children. Now, I use the word lost because the family are adamant that they did not perish in the fire, but they were taken from them. Now, yeah, as Atreira said, this is the case that keeps on giving because this is a rabbit hole and it just goes on and on and on.
1: Dodge's just...
0: Yeah. So George Sodder was the patriarch of the family and he'd emigrated to the USA from Italy at the turn of the 20th century. Now, he was accompanied by his older brother, but as soon as George had cleared customs, his older brother just went, See ya! And got on the next boat back to Italy.
1: Maybe he'd spent... So, you know when you spend so much time with a family member that you think, oh my God, I can't bear to see you ever again. He just, he was just like, I can't move here with you. I'm getting back on the boat and going back home. You do my head in.
0: Definitely. And especially because George was 13. So I spent time with 13-year-olds when my nephew was 13. I would absolutely leave him in America. Uh,
1: yes not fun times
0: no but George didn't have any other family that had settled in America so he just kind of started off on his own he never spoke of why he wanted to leave Italy but if you're 13 and you just started out on your own there must have been a good reason Uh, I
1: think a lot of people were emigrating from Italy at that time though weren't they
0: they were they were and there was a mass influx as well but i think a lot of people sent like family member over and then went to live with them obviously it's got to start somewhere but
1: started I up think... with frankie and benny's didn't you and then you had the rest of the family move over
0: exactly exactly I'm in, tunes. in the kitchen yeah uh...
1: in
0: tunes. but yeah so he worked a few menial jobs And then George moved to Smithers in West Virginia and started working as a truck driver. Now, he didn't want to waste time working for other people, so he decided to set up his own company and he was hauling dirt, coal and freight. So, pretty quickly, he'd become a self-made man. And sometime before 1923, George married another Italian immigrant, uh, jenny cipriani whom he had met while she was working in the father's shop the couple finally settled in fayetteville which just so you know it's like Appalachian. so all
1: well, the weird shit happens in Appalachia.
0: exactly din 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 uh
1: my god what if what if the flatwoods monster took the sort of kids what if? What if the Grafton monster took the kids?
0: Exactly. What if Mothman we took the kids? Solved it. Done. Right, we're done. Let's go home. Mothman. Record. Record. Solving yep. case. That. Uh, what's that? Eight minutes. There. Eight minutes done. Uh, six. Six minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Can't
1: help being a genius. It's my curse.
0: Exactly. She says, downing heavy spirits. Uh, so. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I ran out of wine. Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, Here we go. So, although the Sodders were one of the most respected middle-class families around, George has upset a few people in the community. Now, the community had a large population of Italian immigrants. The reason he had upset these people was because he had very forthcoming views about anything... Really, from business to politics. And he was super critical of Mussolini. And I don't think... Why wouldn't you be? Yeah, exactly. I don't see why he should be persecuted for that, as Mussolini proved. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm team George on this one.
0: Yeah. So uh, by October 1945, the first of a few puzzling incidents happened to the family. Now... A life insurance salesman turned up at the sodder house and after being refused his pitch the insurance agent turned around and said that George's house would go up in smoke and your children are going to be destroyed.
1: That is very specific.
0: Exactly. A little bit of an overreaction to like no, nah, I don't want any life insurance. You're no, all right No thanks. Yeah. See you later. he not just go
1: next door? Like That is really dramatic.
0: He might have had a tough month and needed the sale. I mean... I
1: would have been reporting him to his boss.
0: Yeah. Uh, Another visitor to the house commented that their fuse box would cause a fire someday. The visitor was just there trying to look for a job, so I don't know how that's going to help him with his employment prospects, where he goes to the person he's trying to get recruited by. Oh, yeah, that fuse box is fucked. Uh, can I have a job?
1: Maybe he was an electrician and he was looking for a rewire. It's we'll morning to be made in rewires, you know.
0: Indeed, but George just had the house rewired. And the electric like, company have, have signed off on it and said it was fine. Yeah, uh, uh,
1: like, all over my eyes, son. Not today.
0: So that's probably one of the reasons why George just knocked it off and said, no, it's fine. Sounds but, legit. Yeah, but then in the run-up to Christmas... The sodder children also started noticing that an unfamiliar vehicle was parked along the main highway through town. And it seemed like the occupants were watching what they were doing. They were solely there to look af look out for these children. So creepy. Yeah, so it's all a little bit creepy. And then on the night of the twenty fourth the family did the usual Christmas stuff. They opened their presents, did family stuff, had a meal whatever before 10pm George and his two older boys were asleep they'd been working all day so they turned in early for the night but the younger children asked them to stay up late to play with their new cho- toys now one of their daughters had worked in a toy shop and she surprised them by bringing new toys home so Ginny the mother she found nothing wrong with this and she said yeah okay it's a surprise you play with them whatever now, she did remind them before she went to bed to finish off their chores, which was feeding the chickens, putting the cows in the barn, closing the curtains and turning all the lights off.
1: Like Christmas? I mean, you've got to work and you keep... She's worse than Kevin's mum.
0: Uh come on.
1: Kevin's mum left Kevin alone on Christmas.
0: But he had so much fun with them two burglars. Er... Uh, <laughs> He did, and that massive cut out of Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, and he weren't with Biff. Or whatever his name was. The, his older brother, who was a bully. i uh, thinking about that for ages. So... <laughs> that was lovely. So, as Jenny went to bed, Marion, the eldest daughter... Martha twelve, Jenny Junior eight, Betty five, Maurice fourteen, and Louis nine were all still awake downstairs, all playing with their new toys. At half uh, at half twelve, Jenny Senior was woken by a phone call. Now on the other end of the phone, there was an unfamiliar voice, a female voice. She asked for a name that Jenny didn't recognise, and there were background noises of clinking glasses and people having a good time jenny told the caller that she had the wrong number because she just thought it was a drunken wrong number it's christmas eve she heard the noises in the background so she was like yeah, whatever but that being said there can't have been that many phone numbers in 1945 what if she dialed seven instead of eight you know <laughs> it's mm. yeah so uh, that's a little bit sus uh so before jenny went back to bed she'd noticed that the curtains were open and the lights were on this is one of the things that she told the children to deal with before she came downstairs but she did notice that marion was asleep on the sofa so she'd assume the other children had been put to bed and marion was tired from work and just lay down and she passed out and that was it she did check the front door and it was open but it's a town where nothing happens kind of thing. So um back in the day you did that. So nothing nothing to see there kind of thing.
1: Buzz Sorry. His name is Buzz. <laughs> Kevin's brother was called Buzz. Sorry. Okay.
0: There <laughs> we go. We, we we yeah, we got we got to the thank thank thankfully we got through that. Jesus. Glad you've been paying attention. I
1: have have been paying attention. Marion was asleep on the couch and the curtains were still open and the lights were still on upstairs and she told them to turn them off. See, I'm listening. There we go. I'm a woman, I can multitask.
0: Yeah, right, Fine. Uh... So Jenny was still trying to get back to sleep when she heard a loud bang on the roof and a rolling noise. Now, she didn't think much of it and did manage to nod off. But she awoke soon enough when black smoke started to fill the bedroom. Now she woke up and ran around. She found the fire was located in George's office. And George was asleep in the office. She woke him up and he in turn then woke up his sons who had gone to bed earlier. Now this is kind of where it gets a little bit weird because I don't know the layout of the house. So it's only speculation. But it looks like it was a two story house with an attic and there's a conservatory there, but there was 12 people living in it. So from what I can see, it's got like 10, to maybe 12 rooms and kitchen, living room. So the kids were obviously sharing rooms and I would assume that the older children had separate bedrooms to an extent. For some reason, George had his own office and... Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So then, the younger children must have had their attic in the bedroom. If you, like, kind of try and think it through. Because the survivors got out of the house. So George, his wife, his two older sons, Marion, all got out of the house. But they left the children in the attic So they started yelling to them when they were outside. Now, later, John claimed that he'd been up to where the attic was to raise the younger children, but he only shouted up to the attic. He never saw the children. So he was like... there's a
1: fire! Get the fuck out!
0: Foot of the stairs. Yeah, and then saved his own skin.
1: Wow. Nice. So
0: I can kind of see that they, they panicked and they got out as soon as they could, but then... It all went to shit. Now, the staircase was on fire by the time they got out and they tried to get back in. Marion tried to ring the fire department, but somehow the phone wasn't working. Even though earlier on, they'd received a phone call. So she had to run to her neighbours and try and contact them. Now, I do say she tried to contact them. Because due to being low on manpower, they didn't respond until the next morning
1: the fire department?
0: Yeah. Uh, This was because the fire chief, F.J. Morris, was in a bar getting pissed. So he couldn't, he wasn't in any state to drive the fire truck.
1: Is that even allowed?
0: I think we'll find a lot of things here in Fayetteville were should be frowned upon nowadays, but
1: I just feel like you're a fireman you're like the leader of the firemen and you're in a bar like i feel like if you go yes i volunteer to be the leader of the firemen that you can't ever go in a bar ever because a fire could happen at any point in your life
0: yeah you'd think they'd have like someone on on do you know what on call but I think what's what's more surprising is that it's the forties and he didn't like volunteer to drive pissed anyway because like what's going to happen? True, very true. Obviously, you shouldn't drink and drive. Be very responsible.
1: Maybe maybe he would have volunteered. Normally, he wasn't all about not bothering about drinking and driving. Maybe he was just really getting into a good session. Yeah, he just just like nothing's going to ruin this. Not even a fire where people's lives are in danger.
0: Couldn't be asked being disturbed. Uh the kids
1: there psh, psh. sounds like a them problem. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, start of them not me fucking. Uh mm-hmm. So the sons were uh, the George and the sons were obviously trying to do things to save the children. The sons tried to go and get the ladder that they stored next to the house, but it wasn't there. And George then tried to do some parkour for some reason. And he tried to climb the building. He managed to smash the upstairs window. But the fire was, he was beaten back by the fire. It was really raging. So not one to give up. George went to one of his two trucks to try and use them as a makeshift stairwell. Something he could jump onto and then maybe jump up. But this didn't work which was strange because less than 12 hours before he'd driven it home from work now the final strawberry on this ship pie for george was that when he tried to get water from the water barrel it had been frozen solid
1: i don't it's all over all the weirdness about this but i feel like that's a bit of a stretch
0: that is no well that's nature because it is West Virginia in the winter, so yeah.
1: Like I feel like there wasn't somebody that went. Set the house on fire. We'll cut the phone lines. We'll take the goddamn ladder away. We will cut the power to his van. And you know what else? We're gonna get the nitro on this barrel of water as well, just to be on the safe side. Just take, if you, just take the take barrel of water away.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or just tip it out. You know. I think I think that's the only thing that you can go. Yeah, you can see how that happened on on this yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, when the firefighters eventually showed up, they did very little. Uh, they found no bones or remains of the sort of children. They claimed the fire had burned so intently that it incinerated them and their remains.
1: Nope, not buying it.
0: Yeah, because as we know, and we've covered previously, 3,000 plus degrees on a long period it's of time.
1: Bones, okay. yeah. Uh, like two hours. I mean, I know the fire could have been going for like two hours, but still, at that heat, mm mm-mm. Oh.
0: Yeah, uh, a house fire doesn't get warm enough to to do that. Uh, Nope. They claim faulty wiring was the cause of the fire, although this was... that
1: guy up on the rewire. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this was claimed by the coroner's inquest, and... Weirdly enough, one of the jurors on this coroner's inquest was the insurance salesman who had threatened to burn George's house down.
1: Oh, come on.
0: So... I think
1: there's a little bit of conflict of interest here.
0: Yeah, but they didn't really care. Uh, Now...
1: Clearly not. They had firemen that were like, mm, soz, too busy getting drunk.
0: Yeah. So... George was promised an investigation a thorough investigation but him and Jenny were so traumatised by the deaths that George demolished the house and planted a flower garden on the site yeah he didn't really help his own cause there Uh, I mean they were both so traumatised by the children's deaths quote marks that they didn't go to the funerals that they had really yeah they were that upset about it They eventually you... go on. yeah
1: everyone's upset at a funeral nobody likes somebody that they love dying that's kind of why we have a funeral did yeah. not go to your own kid's funeral
0: yeah bit... yeah he doesn't he doesn't help his own cause yeah really oh no. i mean they did eventually make peace with what had happened but the more they thought about it, the more questions that they came up with that started arising. Uh,
1: like, God damn, why didn't I take that guy's life insurance?
0: Yeah, and that guy up on his uh, electrical wiring. Uh, the rewire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even though the fire was claimed to have been started by faulty rewiring, all throughout the fire, the Christmas lights had remained on. So th- there was... Power coming from somewhere
1: just saying but home base do some really good Christmas
0: lights.
1: maybe would be anm
0: yeah that's 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 that'll set your house on fire uh, mm-hmm. the ladder that they couldn't find to try and gain access was found twenty meters away from the house in a ditch covered up All right, okay, fair. a telephone repair man that they called out to have a new telephone line installed into the new house that they were building had a look and he claimed that their telephone wires were cut and not burnt out and as we've already commented a local undertaker spoke to Jenny about uh, the amount of heat that would be needed for all the bones to be incinerated and this let Led Jenny to do her own experiments on animal bones that she'd found, and she would burn them for hours and hours, and there'd still be remains left. And even though they were saying that the bodies had been burned, there were still household appliances that were recognisable within the house. So they still could see the washing machine. They could still could see the oven. So well,
1: they were smug.
0: The brand. Not the men's hygiene issue.
1: Uh <laughs> if they were smag, they would still be stunned. You don't pay two grand for a fridge for it to melt in a fire. Okay?
0: True, true. So, in early 1946, evidence emerged that the fire was started deliberately, rather than due to faulty wiring. A bus driver came forward, claiming that while in, driving through Fayetteville on Christmas Eve, you saw people throwing balls of fire at the house, and when the balls snow... of
1: fire—what are they? Ken from Street Fighter? Yeah. And you? Yeah. Broken at the roof.
0: Yeah. So I don't understand where that came from. But when the snow had melted, Sylvia, one of the ch- uh, older children that remained, found a dark green rubber ball-like object in the brush nearby where the house had stood.
1: Could that be an incendiary grenade?
0: So this is what Jenny thought, coupled mm. with the noise that she heard and the rolling noise.
1: Roof, yes.
0: They thought it may have been a pineapple bomb or some kind of other incendiary grenade. and uh,
1: wouldn't it have blew a hole in the roof?
0: Yeah, but see, this is the way I don't know, because th- like, I'd be thinking like a Molotov cocktail.
1: Hmm.
0: But then and it would still
1: have to get inside.
0: Exactly, and it wouldn't really roll. No. So I mean, have... they
1: were they were using asbestos then, weren't they? In like everything, and asbestos is fire retardant. So it would have been in the roof, in the eaves, and everything. So they would have had to blow a hole in the roof to get the fire inside the house. Like
0: exactly, it would have gone through a window or something. Yeah, it would yeah, have had to yeah. gone in the house. Uh... Yeah, definitely. So reported reported sightings started to come in and a woman working at a rest stop 50 miles west of Fayetteville on the way to Charlestown claimed to have served the children breakfast she said I served them breakfast there was a car with a Florida license plate with Florida license plates at the tourist court too she didn't say who they were with or anything but she's adamant that she served them breakfast A Charlestown that
1: pointless information
0: exactly yeah I seen them. They went that way. Great. (laughs) Cheers Cheers for that, love. Uh, Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. That
1: way.
0: Yeah. Tenerife. Yeah. Uh, A Charlestown hotel employee, after seeing the children's picture in a newspaper, she contacted the police and said she had guests that looked very similar to the children. They were accompanied by two men and two women of Italian extraction. And when she tried to engage the children in friendly conversation, the men appeared hostile and refused to allow me to talk to these children. One of the men looked at me in a hostile manner. He turned around and began talking rapidly in Italian. She seems to know what Italian is. Uh,
1: Clearly.
0: Yeah, but not be able to speak it back to them herself. Uh, they immediate... could have been
1: speaking Russian or Japanese for all she knew. Exactly.
0: Immediately, the whole party stopped talking to me. I sensed that I was being frozen out, so I said nothing more.
1: I mean, the kids, though. If you were a kidnapped kid by two rando Italian blokes that you didn't know, would you not be like, Hey, lady, I'm actually being kidnapped. Help!
0: This is it. Like, what... How have they coerced these children into being... And the oldest was 14, so he's still got a bit of nouse. And he's still doing chores on Christmas Eve. So, he's that grown up. Do you know what I mean? It's like...
1: Yeah, it's not going to be, we'll give you free gumballs if you come here with us after we kidnap you and you say nothing to anybody.
0: Yeah. It's not like, do you want to come in my car for a fiver?
1: Yeah. Kind
0: of thing. Uh...
1: And have you seen, like, the pictures of the kids that went missing? I personally, and don't get me wrong, the pictures were black and white, so they could have had green, purple, blue... Fluorescent pink hair, I don't know, because the pictures are in black and white. But to me, they're just like any other kid.
0: Exactly. If
1: I I wouldn't remember them if I saw them.
0: Especially if you're working in a hotel, and this is a few weeks later. How many people have come and gone since then? That, that
1: many, exactly. Even in a diner, like even that day, how many kids and people come in? Like, I just feel like there would have to be something really, really spectacularly different about these kids for mm. you to go... No, I definitely saw those were definitely 100%. The kid, That guy, the, the one kid, he had a club foot. The other one had, like, one arm. Uh-huh. The other one had a candy floss pink updo. Yeah.
0: They were all dancing to folk music. And <laughs> yes. they were smashing it. Uh, <laughs>
1: yes. But other than that, yeah. they just look like ordinary. Yeah. blending Sending with the crowd people.
0: Just, just yeah, exactly. Uh, so this gave a little bit of hope to the sodders and they hired a private eye by the name of cc tinsley Clearly an alias. now you can only imagine that he was wearing a trilby a long coat some kind of john lennon round glasses and like... he walked
1: out a business card that had the pinkertons we never sleep written on it yeah
0: exactly yeah and he spoke like see come here fella see <laughs> like uh, elliot ness yeah <laughs> So Tinsley did find out that the Chief Morris had confessed to a minister that he'd found a heart while searching in the remains of the fire that he buried at the scene. Now, there's a few things here that pop out to me. One, if he's confessing that to a minister, surely that's private.
1: Yeah.
0: And two... Yep. Pay for
1: confession of confidentiality.
0: Yeah. And two, why is Tinsley's first port of call the minister? (laughs) He's not going to speak to Frank Morris, the fire chief. He's going to go, minister. He knows everything he'll... around her. Yeah, Yeah, fucking know. Uh Tinsley did recover the heart and he took it to a local funeral director who identified it as a cow's liver.
1: Right, okay. Firstly,
0: firstly, keeps on firstly, being this. Firstly, right.
1: <laughs> so, a fire that burnt the bones to a crisp left a heart right and secondly right if I'm going to a funeral directors right I don't want I don't want an undertaker to tell me what body part it is I want a fucking coroner or a mortician to tell me what body part it is I don't want the bloke in the top hat that walks in front of the hearse to go looks like a liver say it's a liver yeah
0: yeah so
1: Let's get a doctor's opinion. Why did he go to the funeral director? Let's go to the doctor.
0: I think we can kind of guess about C.C. Tinsley's level of investigation. I think this may have been his first case, to be quite frank the, with you. because Maybe
1: the doctor was in a bar getting drunk.
0: Could have been. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, in fairness, George, every tip that came in, George personally went to investigate. So why the fuck he hired Tinsley, I've got no idea. But... He went so far as to travel to New York when he saw a picture of school children from Manhattan and he thought one looked like his daughter, Betty. Amazingly enough, her parents refused him access when this mad stranger just turned up and tried to see their young daughter.
1: What's worrying to me is that he thought this little girl, this random little girl, looked like his daughter, right? I'm sorry, but it's your kid, right? It either is or it isn't. You recognise your child, or you don't.
0: Yeah, surely. I mean, (laughs) in fairness, they, they refused him to see her. Now, surely if he would have explained the situation, then if they've got nothing to hide, if they've not, like, bought a child within the past six months, surely they could go, no, she came out of my wife's vagina You can see her. Look, she'll tell you where she came from. She'll tell you she was here last Christmas. Do you know? Yeah. But the she the she. I can get I get their side. This wild man turns up, going, "You've got my daughter."
1: Yeah, but I suppose they could also be thinking like, "Oh my god, this guy like has a lot of money. He could actually legitimately say that we've kidnapped his kid, even though it's correctly not his kid. It is our kid." But he's got a lot of money, and he could have our kid taken off us. So you know what, bro? You are not checking out our kid.
0: Could be actually. That's a good thing. I didn't think about that in that in that respect. Yeah. Uh, I watch had a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, and he could. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's fair. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. He could have brought a lot of pain. And maybe if they weren't that well off, they may have not been able to fight him. in course. So yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. actually. fair enough. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't don't let weirdos look at your children. People, that's the message.
1: Isn't it mad that this entire thing, the whole situation, the whole fire, the disappearance of the kids, and everything all could have been avoided if the kids had just gone, That is that same fucking car that's been watching us for four days solid now, and just yelled at the top of their voices across the street so everybody in the town could hear Beatles?
0: <laughs>
1: would have been avoided. It, it
0: could have been. Whole thing. I mean, if only George would have bought that life insurance. We won't be talking well, about this today, you see? Yeah. These are the yeah. choices that you make. These are the paths we choose. Yeah,
1: yeah. Look, at hindsight is a wonderful thing, I
0: think. Yeah. So, in 1950, the case was officially closed by after the governor and state police superintendent claims that it was hopeless. Now, J. Edgar Hoover did... Uh, George did write to J. Edgar Hoover for help for the FBI, but... J. Edgar Hoover wrote back saying this is just, this is out of our jurisdiction. It's a well, state it's too thing. Busy. Yeah, I'm in me. Okay, thanks, bye. Wife's underwear, so don't bother me again. Uh, so, too
1: busy assassinating JFK. <sighs> whoops.
0: Yeah. Having deals with the mafia. Uh, so, time moved on, but obviously the family was still adamant that they... These children have been taken. They put out flyers. There was a reward. It was first five thousand, then raised to ten thousand. And they even erected a billboard along Route sixteen with the pictures of their children asking if anybody had seen them and to bring in uh 20 in... Really
1: nondescript black and white pictures of their kids. that look like yeah. every other kid on the road. Yeah, that that billboard, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, 20 years later, 20 years after the fire in 1968, Jenny received a letter which had no return address but was postmarked as being from Kentucky. There was a photo of a man in his mid-20s and a note on the back that read, Louis Sodder, I love brother Frankie, little boys, A90132 or 35. Don't know what that meant. But they hired another private investigator, but they never heard back from him.
1: He, I feel like the private investigator was Inspector Gadget.
0: Yeah. I mean he went to Kentucky but never came back. So whether he became part of this or just went, well, see you I yeah. I don't know. But uh George did say at the time, time is running out for us, but we only want to know. If they did die in the fire, we want to be convinced. Otherwise we want to know what's happened to them. Unfortunately, a year after George made this statement, he was dead. Uh, In 1989, Jenny died. She had worn black since the fire, but her children and grandchildren still tried to get the truth. The main theories that have been put forward are that because of George's outspoken views, the children were taken as an act of revenge, whether that's by either local mafia or by fascists and big Mussolini fans. Yeah. Yeah. The case is still closed today and only conjecture and innuendo remain as whether the children were stolen, whether they died. Unfortunately the family don't have an outcome. I believe there still are survivors and grandchildren of Ginny and George who are still trying to find out what has happened but someone knows what has happened to them. I mean, I can't... They weren't burnt up in the fire. Yeah. That couldn't have happened. But, like you say, if they've been kidnapped, why wouldn't they speak out about it? How would they have been coerced?
1: This is, like, what I... This is what keeps me up at night, right? So I think, like, say somebody didn't like George and they just wanted to just Piss George off or like hurt George, right? So set fire to his house, whatever. Why not just torch the house and kill the kids? Why do they care? If they're just trying to get at George, surely the aim is to just hurt George. So who cares who gets hurt in the crossfire? Yeah. Because I imagine it's quite expensive to then take children away so they don't get hurt, but then raise them in a different life.
0: Yeah. And and this is it, there's no correspondence after the fact of the children being taken. Surely if they want to get a George, they'd send Snide letters. Ha 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 ha, we have your children. Or we killed your children. Or like to to keep needling him. Because surely that isn't the be all and end all of it. Especially if it's Mm -hmm. by political and political people who who are after him personally
1: doesn't really serve a purpose to hold on to the kids does it
0: no like there's... and even
1: if you were like right we're going to torture his house but we don't want the kids to die so get the kids out nice and safe then what we're going to do with them we'll we'll just kill them yeah what's the point of taking them out of the house i just i don't understand like unless so i know there's a theory that the kids actually run away like that they set the house fire but they were already gone by then and mm. they were like fuck mom and dad like this is shit we're going...
0: Got to do chores on Christmas Eve. Fucking exactly. hell.
1: Exactly. <laughs> that. Yeah, so, I don't know. I feel like maybe that's more of a plausible thing, but...
0: I think, I think yeah, either... We don't know what the family situation was. There's no reports of that, obviously. And it, if George was a monster then he's not going to come out and say that after the fact, is he? After Mm -hmm. all this has happened and go, yeah, I'm fucking horrible. No one want to live with me. And Mm -hmm. they want to keep hold of the kids they've got. So maybe he's authoritarian. Maybe he's going to put down his hand and say, we all speak, keep this. This is the family line. This is what we say. Or maybe just when they were forced to do them fucking chores on Christmas Eve, and they were out in the backyard, feeding the chickens and putting the cows away. They were stumbled on by a group of pedos and then just skirted away into the night. I mean.
1: Yeah, possibly. Just, Maybe they were like sold into like, slavery or sex trafficking or shit like that. Was that
0: yeah. a, like a thing back then? I mean, it's a thing all the time. Yes, it's always.
1: Yeah, a, yeah. Uh, okay.
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so it's 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 a strange one and there's a lot of coincidence in it and you can you can see what could have happened but there's no if it was revenge, I just think there'd be a follow up to it. Like mm-hmm. ha ha yeah. ha. You know, like the the Keddy Cabin kind of thing yes. when yes. they rang later and said, This is your daughter's skull. Do you, do you know what I mean? They were getting okay. at her, so they knew something. So anyone, if even if it was a group, someone could have just rang up and gone, "We know where they are. We're not going to tell you. Yeah. Live in hell." You shouldn't have said that about Mussolini. Yes. Just to it's just so his life is so horrible.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, because the knowing or the not knowing, all right, it's not good. But knowing that his children have been stolen would be a lot worse, and yeah. whatever's happening to them would be a lot worse than thinking they're dead. Because
1: then got hope. Yeah, like,
0: exactly, they exactly. So I think, yeah, I I just think that it's just one of them weird coincidences that,
1: like, on a like an overall kind of perspective, you would just think, yes, the house has been set fire to, and everybody upstairs died. But it's the fact that, that I would be, like, open and shut. Okay, yeah, it was a house fire. It might have been arson, but at the end of the day, arson happens all the time. It was a house fire. It's a horrible tragedy, but it's a house fire and people died. But it's the fact that there's no bones. That, for me, is, like...
0: Yeah, that's the mystery of it. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, what's happened? In between them, in between Jenny going to bed and the fire breaking out and them getting out, there's mm-hmm. a window that something has happened, but... Yeah. It's just unknown whether they died in the fire. Well, they didn't die in the fire because there's no bodies, but whether no. they were taken away and for what purpose and why. And...
1: and I guess now, even if like, you know the people that say they're D DB Cooper on their deathbed and stuff, like you could get people that'd be like, oh, I was one of the sudden children, like on their deathbed. Like, even if they were, nobody would believe them now, would they? They'd be like, yeah. oh, here we go, DB Cooper again. Yeah. But
0: even that, even that, there's been no reports of that. No one, and no matter what you, well, I don't, I don't know because I can't say. But like the oldest was fourteen, so he had knowledge of a life before what he's been through. Mm-hmm. So surely he'd always be clinging on to the fact that he's sodder. and
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I, I Unless- don't know.
1: What about if they got Stockholm Syndrome?
0: Well, that's the thing. And, I mean, they could have been brainwashed into it and then been completely turned. Yeah. So I, I, I suppose that's something. But I don't know. I don't know. And I don't want to comment. I'm not commenting and I'm not talking about other people's experiences. I'm just saying. I just think it's it's a very strange one.
1: It is.
0: It's very suspect. Mm. George did it. And on that bombshell...
1: Why? He didn't take any life insurance. What did he gain? Oh, he fucked it. Other than halving his kids. (laughs) Like, ten (laughs) is too much. It is too much, okay? Christmas is becoming a fucking nightmare, okay? It is so expensive. Let's just halve our kids by 50%. That's just, like... Not that you would halve the kids by any other percentage, but you know what I mean? Like, let's just halve the family and make things a little bit cheaper. And then, like, in another five years, we'll halve it again. And then eventually, we only have one kid to buy for Christmas, and Christmas will be just a whale of a time. In and
0: fairness, and and... in fairness, the surviving children were old enough to work, so
1: just oh, okay. put that out
0: there. So yeah. maybe, maybe they can buy their own gifts, and he didn't need to bother about it. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I'm on board with this one.
0: Solved it, done it. Yeah, uh, on that then bombshell.
1: Then it's Mothman.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely, Beast of Boggy Creek. Uh, on that. What if George of...
1: is Mothman? He could Sorry, be. I'm you know open, what? I'm I mean. opening a rabbit hole here. This is it. This is it.
0: It's a case that keeps on giving. <laughs> you just, you just can't stop digging when you get into this one. Uh, just imagine if he was Mothman.
1: That would be amazing. <laughs> I would love that. A proper wingman suit. <laughs> All over that theory that's my favorite theory that yeah. george sodder was actually mothman
0: you heard it here first
1: mm-hmm.
0: like comment and subscribe for more <laughs> theories
1: helps the algorithm mm-hmm.
0: fucking does <laughs> on that bobshell this has been the mo podcast with me San,
1: and me Andrea.
0: thank you all so much for joining us and we shall see you next time bye,
1: bye. The
0: MO Podcast. The MO Podcast. The MO Podcast. The MO Podcast.